Welcome to Church Project. The most important thing we can say is the Cowboys play at 225 today. So we'll be done by then. <laughs> if you're a first-time guest, we're glad that you're here. I mean, we're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live this out together. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ means in this world. We gather um, corporately on Sundays. This is our Sunday gathering. We also do house churches, just like the early church. They met in house churches throughout the week, and every single one of you are, and are invited already to a house church, regardless of age. Like, come. They're pretty good. And then we also partner with Effective Ministries just for the cause of Christ locally and globally. And so this is Church Project. This is what we do. We also teach expository. That means we go through verse by verse. It took us a long time to go through the book of Acts. And recently we paused and we said, what we're going to do is we are going to go through the parables of Jesus. So if you have a version app, you can open it up. You can go to the events and search for Church Project. Our notes today will pop up, and that's a good way to follow along. But we're going to talk about the parable right now found in Matthew chapter 13, two verses, verse 45 and 46. There's a couple things I want to remind us about the parables before we get into it. And we kind of start every, every one of these messages like this. And parables was Jesus's like preferred method for teaching. They were stories. A third of his teaching in scripture is parables in his story form. And what's important for us to remember is that what Jesus was telling the original crowd when he was teaching these stories and telling these stories, that's still the intent today. Like the intent doesn't move and change over time. Like what the meaning was then, it is now to us. So my prayer is that as we're sitting here today and Jesus is encouraging us, the Holy Spirit is encouraging us, or maybe even getting us a little nervous about the message we're hearing, that we would make this prayer. And the prayer is found in Psalms 25, verses 4 through 5. And the prayer is this. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And that we would be a people. That if today we find ourselves and the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something and this is the Lord's lordship in our life and we find ourselves just a little bit out here, we would go, God, you are my Lord, teach me. And we would align ourselves. We would change our habits, our actions and things and we would know that God is good, that his Holy Spirit is guiding us. And so that's my prayer for us today. I pray that we all leave encouraged. So let's jump in. um, before, Before we do... First Wednesday was this week, and it was incredible. It happens the first Wednesday of every single month, and we just had our first one. We took a break for the summer, and I got to tell you a couple things. One, um, that brings our age down a lot. There's a lot of college students in here, and it's so, so cool. Here's what I want to say about First Wednesdays. If you're ever worried about the future of the church, you can stop. Like, Jesus is alive, the church is moving, and it's really, really good. And so be encouraged, church. And I would, I would encourage everyone next first Wednesday to come, get ready to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. It's just so good to come and worship together and have some good coffee and pray over each other and be the church, like, in the middle of the week. So I'd encourage everyone to do that. I um, have some thoughts because this week I was very busy. Mike Harris and I... Um, I, was, I was trying to be his helper, but he's a very gifted carpenter, 
and skillsmen. And so we're redoing the, the staircase in my house, and it's quite a big deal. And so he wore me out. Like, I can't keep pace with him, <laughs> mentally or physically. I was exhausted, tired. And I found myself multiple times this week losing multiple things. Right, Lauren? How many times did I lose something this week? I mean, from credit cards to keys to my phone. I even ended up canceling a debit card because I couldn't find it and getting a new one. I'm like, Lauren found one in the dryer. I don't know what I did this week. I don't know what happened this week. But losing something is so frustrating, isn't it? When you lose something, it's so frustrating. But also, I think finding something is so rewarding. You, you find something, you're like, yeah, I found it. I wonder if I sabotage myself secretly, like, I'm going to lose something and then find it, just so I can feel good about myself. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. But as we look at this, this parable today, it's, it's Jesus continuing to teach. And he's teaching on the present kingdom to the people that are, that are there right there, the Pharisees. He's teaching to them about the present kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 and 46, I want to read it to you says this, Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I want to give you a little context for this, and the best context I can give is, go listen to the podcast from last week because Krista owned it. Give it up for Krista. That was so, so good. Yeah, that was incredible. Thank you. And, it, and she spoke on the previous passage about, about the treasure and going and seeking that. And Jesus is speaking about the present kingdom to religious people. And these parables go really, really good together. I want to give us two perspectives today. And you can kind of lump last week's parable. You can look at that. Just kind of go back two verses. Woo. Um, and this parable together into one topic that Jesus is teaching. And I want to give us two perspectives one of us, um, Krista, did such an incredible job last week of saying this parable is about an us viewpoint, us. And so as we read this parable, and especially this one, we are the merchants in, in this story, and the kingdom is the pearl worth everything. Like once you've tasted shalom, once you've tasted the kingdom, once you've tasted the goodness of God, it's like, I want that fully. And as we look at this parable and we look at the us viewpoint, we have to ask ourselves, how has your life changed since becoming a Christ follower? And it's a good thing to think about. How has your life changed once you become or became a Christ follower? And as we look at this from an us viewpoint, if we are the merchants and the kingdom is the pearl worth everything, we would be striving for God in everything that we are and all of our being because we know we've tasted and seen that God is good and there's no money, there's no fame, there's nothing on this earth that will compare. Temporal and there's eternal. And so in the us viewpoint, of last week and even this point, this week, Psalms 63.1 says this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Would you 
describe your relationship with Jesus as this, with God as this? Like, I earnestly seek you. Like, I'm dying of thirst and I want a drink of water. How many of you have ever been, like, so caught in mouth? You're like, just give me water. Like, you just want water. And the Psalms is saying, I earnestly seek you to this degree. How many of us would say that about our relationship with God? Another one is Jeremiah 29, verse 13 and 14, which is this. You will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I don't know right now if you find yourself feeling like you're in captive, held bondage, slave to something, being held back. Jesus is looking at us at this place and the Holy Spirit may be prodding your heart right now with this kind and gentle and grace-filled reminder to seek me with all your heart. Like run after me and I promise you that you will find me. I promise you that at the end of this, you're gonna find me with my arms open wide saying I love you, welcome. You once were slave and now you're free. And so as we look at this from the us perspective, Psalms and Jeremiah, these two verses, really kind of have to to get us thinking about our relationship with God. Like if if this is the viewpoint we're going to take on this parable, and if our life has changed since becoming a Christ follower, and we are the merchants and the kingdom is the pearl, are we running after the kingdom and trying to find the pearl and going after God with all of our lives? It's a good question. Here's some honest questions to ponder. First is, how are you earnestly and with all your heart seeking him? Two more here. Are you focused on the temporal, the temporary things, or the eternal? And the last one. Will you have regret for how you've lived and loved on earth? Will you have regret for how you, how you have lived and how you've loved on earth? God, I pray that as we're even thinking about these three questions, that you would speak to each of us. That God, even in this place, if no other time this week, it may be in this place right now, we honestly, we want to hear from you, seeking you, hearts are open to you, please continue to speak to us. And we pray. Oh, that's not it. That's the first perspective. You thought we were done. All right. Act two. We should have had a break right here. This would be a good water break, huh? Too much. Yeah, we'll stand up and sit down and greet each other. No. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. The second perspective, as we read this parable, is the divine viewpoint. This one is where God is the merchant, and we are the pearl worth everything. 
I want to say that again. That God is the merchant and we are the pearl worth everything. Um, I don't know if we can get a picture up here. Hey, is a merchant like a sea person? What's a merchant? A what? A sells and buys things? Yeah, I kind of th- I thought of this wrong. And so my... I was thinking a merchant is on the sea. Like, oh yeah, I was thinking wrong. Well... Here's an old fisherman. <laughs> Actually, he's not on the sea. He's trying to buy things in a market. He's a merchant. Anyways, let's not look at the sea, get lost in the sea thing that I got confused on. Let's look at his face. And Jeremy, can we leave that up there? Okay, we'll just leave that up there. Um, there's something so old. There's something so nostalgic about this. Like, this looks, I wonder if I'm going to look like that. No, I'm, I, I don't have enough hair. It, Ryan Doherty will look like that for sure, man. <laughs> That's right, for sure, dude. Uh, but there's some, I mean, just, just keep looking at this picture. Look at the lines. Look at the depths. Like, and, and I think when, we, when we're using our even imagination and just opening to what God may have for us today, like, don't just let this parable slip away. Don't, especially when we're looking at the divine viewpoint that God is the merchant on the sea looking for us, the pearl. Okay, God, God is the merchant, and he's looking intently for us. And just look at these eyes, not these, but these. Like, look at this face. Don't let this parable just slip into words. Like, <laughs> this merchant is a professional has resources and knows what he's doing. Isn't just a new person, right? Love, so there's a book called The Five Love Languages. If you've read it, good for you. It's great. One of my love languages is time. One of my like, highest love languages. If you want to show you love me, spend time with me. I mean, gifts are good too, but time. Like show, let's spend time together, Right? This merchant is purposed with his time. If I'm the pearl, I'm like, you came looking for me? Oh, it's like one of the biggest love things you could do for me is you spent your time looking for me? Are you serious? This merchant is looking intently for the pearl. And if God is the merchant and we are the pearl, we are worth everything for him. And he's looking for us. This merchant has spent money to spend time to look for us. He's purposed. He's intentional. And if he was out on the sea, he's out in the elements. Enduring all the weather. And I see in these eyes, as I kind of look at this, this wise old Ryan Doherty, a guy peering out intently. Our heart is the pearl. And God's walking around to and fro, and he just wants our heart. He wants to turn our heart from stone to flesh, and he's looking and seeking intently, and, and this is what I think God is saying. God, God is saying, what will it cost me to find you? Because I will sell everything. I'm in that intent on you. Like, what will it cost me? It costs me everything, and God says, what will it cost me? My son? Okay. 
I'll send my only son to die on a cross. Why? Because I get you in return. I get to break the bondage of slavery. I get to set you free. I get to laugh at death and sin. I am selling everything for you. Because why? Worth it. Like you're, you're that worth it. God says, what will it cost me? My son, okay. I love you that much. I love you that much. Aaron, that's me. You're worth it. So I'm seeking you intently. Those stuck and without hope, you're worth it. I'll pay whatever price. Those, those that are lost and confused in this life, you're worth it. I'm going after you. I'm chasing after you. Those broken and feeling forgotten, you're worth it. And I love you. And I'm going after you. I'm spending time, my money, my resources, everything that I have because I want to find you. We look at the world and all its or dysfunctions. We look at all the struggles. We look at all the pain that all we have to do is open our phones and see any kind of social media or any kind of news report, and we can easily get sucked into the temporal, and God's saying, the pain is worth it, guys. Like, I've given everything so that we don't have to live like this. This isn't what I want. Come to set you free. Come for love. I've come for hope. And so God is the merchant as we look at it from this viewpoint, it reminds me of two verses. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 is the first. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost for Aaron Havens. Thank you, God, for selling everything, for continuing to spend your time, everything that you are, to seek the lost to redeem, to restore. And I think of John 10.10, because that's just a super fun verse I always like think about, and that's this. The thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Boo. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. Sign me up. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you're anything like me, you're a little morbid and, and you struggle with some stuff, okay, internally, if you're going to be honest, right? Maybe not. Maybe you got it all together. The problem I have with this, thinking of Jesus as the merchant and searching after me, is that I just don't feel worthy enough to be pursued. I mean, that's straight up honest. Do you? I mean... I find myself, I want to earn his love. And so I work harder. I do, you know, I even go to seminary. Woo, super smart. I work harder to try to earn his love, work hard to prove something. And I think if I even, maybe I need counseling, okay? Maybe if I really think about it, I have a, I have a receiving problem. I can't receive. Because if I'm thinking I'm the pearl here in this story, 
and the merchant has spent all his time coming to me, I honestly could see myself doing this. The merchant comes. I know he's seeking after me. I'm so excited he's seeking after me. He finds me, and I say to the merchant, thank you for spending your time on me, but there's other pearls you should focus on. Just leave me here. I'm good. Because I'm not worthy of you spending all your time on me. I have a receiving problem. Here's some honest questions to ponder when we think about God here and God's viewpoint. How has God been pursuing you your whole life? Because the reality is you're breathing and God's not done pursuing you and you're here right now or listening right now like God is pursuing you and he's so stinking proud of you. His eyes are peering out, continuing to look. Another question is, do you feel worthy of being pursued? Or do you sit here with a little bit of guilt and shame and go, if God only knew, well, he does. And he's still pursuing you. Doesn't matter how many times we've done that or done that again or haven't done this or we don't amount. Like, do you feel worthy of being pursued? This one is going to hit home for all of us because if you've been in church and you've ever been hurt by church, raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. Because it might have been me and us that hurt us. Like, hey, it's going to happen at some point, right? But this question is honest and going to strike home for, for a bunch of us. What church hurt are you using as an excuse to not live right now? Some of us, we've been hurt in the church, and so we would rather just come and hide behind that hurt and not fully live because we don't want to be hurt again. I'm like, hey, it's time to drop the excuses. Like, you want to compare church hurt? Let's get coffee. Maybe it should be a beer. I don't know. <laughs> but right now, I think some people in this room, um, God's like, stop, stop, stop. I know you've been hurt. We've all been hurt. That's not the point. The point is I've come to set you free. So why don't we just live life to the fullest and move through this? Right? It takes all of us. And the last question I want to ask us is, what is God showing you and prodding in you right now in this passage? What is alive in your heart if you're quiet enough to just hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What does it do to look at this face? And think of the face of just God. Peering out intently, not giving up, chasing after you, selling everything for you. I think that's why worship is so good. And when we come together as a church to worship, it's so special. Um, I would like right now for all of our pastors to stand. And I'm really kind of done speaking, um, I'm going to have our, our pastors just kind of get to the side of the room right here. And I want us to ask on this, on this qu last question right here, like what is God showing you and prodding in you right now? Like these are our house church pastors. We have the Davidsons right over there, Jeff and Ginger, 
Barron's. I don't know where Joelle is. She, she, I just got it right. Yeah. Yeah, my wife taught me, like, think of a bear. I'm like, okay, right, okay. Barron's. And Joelle, I don't know where she's at. I think she had surgery or something, right? Wisdom teeth pulled, so she's probably chipmunky right now. We'll give her and pray for her. Jason and, and Rachel, uh, Jared and Shannon, Mike and Kim. Is that, is that all of our house churches? We got them all here. Huh? What? Oh, yeah, Ryan. Ryan Doherty. He's not here. How do you like this conversation we're all having here right now? Forgot. So I, what I really want to focus on right now is what is God showing and prodding in you right now? And, and I think one of the bad things about the Sunday mornings is this monologue, and I'd really love to turn it into a dialogue and just say, hey, listen, in this room, there's people, our pastors, that love you. They love who you are. They love what God's doing in you. They want to speak life over you. And maybe some of us, we're, we might just be struggling with something right now. We might need prayer. We might need just to talk. Like some of us, we might be convicted that, hey, I'm not earnestly seeking the things of God. I need to surround myself with community to help me do that. Like I need to start meeting with people to prod me to do that, to remind me to do that. And so say, hey, when does your house church meet? Because I want to go. Like I want to be part of your community. I, I want to commit to do that. Like some of us will do that today. But I don't want us to leave the same. And so you have the opportunity to talk with people. You have the opportunity to pray with people because we love you and God is continuing to search after and for you. Like you're worth it. You're the prize that God has sold everything for. Now, that's good news. So I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to ask us to stand. And then in this moment, we'll just pray and you have an opportunity to go and pray with other pastors here. We'll put on some, some worship music. And we'll just kind of be done today. So let's stand. God, thank you. I think that's maybe enough words. Just thank you. I do pray if there's anyone like myself that we would see ourselves the way you see us worthy and that we wouldn't have a receiving problem that we would receive your goodness we wouldn't try to earn your love earn your grace that's just impossible And I pray for us in this room. I pray for us the rest of the today as we move about our spaces and places that when Satan sneaks in and tries to remind us of old past, old habits, that we would recognize that and say, no way. I've seen the face of God and he has pursued me. There is life. I choose life, not death. The Holy Spirit in this place, please convict our hearts, our minds.
show us how amazing you are. How amazing we are because of you. Thank you for our time together. And all of God's people said,